Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force Podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. All right, all right. We are back. It is 9 o'clock here on the East Coast, 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Again, this is Brian Pugh. I am a college baseball recruiting advisor with Sports Force Baseball. Uh, you are listening to the Sports Force Baseball Weekly Twitter space. Our topic this week is going to be camps and showcases. Um, I will go over a quick outline here in just a couple of minutes, but I wanted to give our other panelists uh, just a can- chance to introduce themselves, say hi to everybody, and then we are going to get rolling in what I think is actually a pretty hot button topic right now. So, uh, with that, I am going to um, give Casey Dill the mic and let him introduce himself to everybody. Casey, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, I am. Always a pleasure to uh, be, be a part of these. We've been doing these every uh, Tuesday, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern, covering um, a lot of different topics. Uh, tonight is going to be camps and showcases, which I think is always a, <clears throat> a hot topic. You know, a lot of people are, are always getting invited to camps and showcases and need help navigating that. What are the right ones? What aren't the right ones? <clears throat> um, all that kind of stuff. Quick background on myself. I've been a recruiting coordinator at the Division II NAIA and currently the junior college level. And I also have a professional scouting back background. Um, so I have a you know a lot of different perspectives and thoughts on camps and showcases. And um, you know, uh, happy to be here tonight. Thanks, Casey, for sure. We've done quite a few of these together. It's always a good time with you and uh, our next panelist, uh, Don Bray. Uh, if we went in alphabetical order, we could call this the BCP show um, or the BCD show. <laughs> uh, that would be fun. But anyway, I like it. Bray, what, <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to coin it instead of the uh, the the space host hashtag space host. Um, Coach Bray, why don't you go ahead and say hi to everybody? Introduce yourself. Definitely. Thanks for having me, uh, Pew. And, you know, love being on these with you guys. Love working with you guys. And, you know, hopefully we can uh, teach some people some new things. Uh, just a little bit about me. I'm a junior college assistant coach. I've been a recording co- co- recruiting coordinator at the junior college level. Been coaching the junior college level for about five years now, so I love it, and hopefully we help some people out tonight. Cool. Thanks, Don. We've also got with us uh, tonight Coach Corey Gardner. Uh, let Corey go ahead and introduce himself. Corey, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You guys hear me? Absolutely. Fire away. Let everybody know where you're coming from. Sounds good. So, uh, Corey Gardner, I'm currently with Georgia Southwestern State University, a D2 school down in the Peach Belt Conference in America's Georgia, uh, tucked in nicely in the uh, the heart, uh, just north of the Florida line, a little bit, about an hour and 45 minutes. I've uh, been the recruiting coordinator at two different NAI schools and then also uh, at an, another Division II school and then came over here and uh, kind of assist with some of the recruiting not the head recruiting guy anymore so it's kind of nice that i get to uh give my input but it's not all on my shoulders anymore as well <laughs> i i hear you man um well thanks for joining us um i know you've been on with us before and uh we're super psyched uh that you're able to join us here tonight so um again my name is brian Pugh. i am actually operating from the sports force twitter account tonight um but you can you can follow me uh also uh, at my personal 
uh, Twitter uh, page, which is at Coach Pew, P-U-G-H, the number 17. Um, that is my personal handle, and that shows up also on the reminder um, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the pin tweet that, um, that was out from Sports Force. So um, you can follow me there as well. Uh, my background, uh, I am a 20-year college coaching, um, have 20 years of college coaching experience at every level from junior college up to Division One, and have been a recruiting coordinator for 10 years at the Division One level. Um, so um, I have been through the recruiting process with hundreds and hundreds of families um, as a coach and now as a recruiting advisor with Sports Force. Um, I am working with families um, to help them navigate the recruiting process as well. For those of you, this is the first time joining one of our Sports Force Twitter spaces. Allow me to give you a quick uh, background on who we are and where we're coming from. Uh, we are a group of college baseball recruiting advisors that um, all have background as either college coaches, pro scouts, pro players. Um, but we've all been um, around the game for a long, long time and have worked with, again, hundreds and hundreds of student athletes. Um, and we are here for two reasons, quite honestly. We are here, number one, to educate. Uh, that's the purpose of these spaces is we're here to share the, the knowledge and experience that we've gained over our time um, on the field and around the college game. Um, and then we do, um, we are a for-profit business and we do partner with a select number of families every year to help them navigate the recruiting process um, and just kind of provide the guidance um, and assistance that, that those families are looking for to help them find uh, the right fit for their, uh, for their player. So um, with that, I'd like to jump into our topic this evening, which is camps and showcases. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. We get lots of questions uh, about this topic. Um, we've gotten uh, lots of questions on previous spaces. So we thought what a better time to go ahead and do a, a Twitter space that's focused on camps and showcases than right now. Because quite honestly, everybody's done with with fall tra or I'm sorry, summer travel baseball, and is either transitioning into uh, the fall season. Um, some might be playing other sports, but I know from experience that there are a lot of camp invites that are being uh, sent out right now, and we're talking about camp invites even as we get into uh, December, January. Um, not to mention the ones that are going on this fall. So. We wanted to uh, spend some time tonight, somewhere 45 minutes to an hour, um, and, uh, and provide some insight. And uh, towards the end, we'll even answer a few questions. So uh, as we go through the evening, if you have questions, please feel free to DM either Casey, Don, um, the Sports Force account, or myself. I'll be monitoring both of those accounts um, tonight for any questions. So feel free to shoot us a DM, or if you really want to, feel free to raise your hand and, and we can uh, grant you speaking uh, permission and, and you can ask your question live. So um, what I wanted to get started with, and uh, again, if you're new, we kind of pass the baton here and we just, we each take turns talking about a couple things, but I got a little outline that I wanted to go here through here tonight. And um, I figured we would start off and just kind of talk about two different types of events um, that, that are taking place right now that we're seeing. Uh, actually, three. One of them, um, they are private um, camps, showcases. Uh, those are, are showcases and camps that are run on a larger scale, um, in my opinion. Um, some of those could be, um, for example, show ball, head first, um, things along those lines um, where they travel the country, the company travels the country, and they have different venues all over the country where they bring in 
uh, a large group of players and, and put them through workouts and, and showcase style stuff. Um, then we have institutional camps and clinics as well that we're going to discuss tonight. Um, and the last thing that we wanted to, and the last kind of um, branch of that is what you're seeing with PBR, PG, those types of events as well. So um, I'd be curious to hear uh, from our panel um, just kind of their thoughts and impressions um, about maybe each one of those um, types of events. And as, as college coaches, do you guys have a, a preference uh, as to what type of event you like? Um, um, what, what are your thoughts there? Uh, we'll kind of go in reverse order. We'll go with Corey um, first. What are your thoughts about the camps and showcases? What do you like and, and why do you like them? Yeah, so I, you know, I travel almost every single weekend. Uh, you know, I've been on the road for I think six straight now. I'll continue being on the road until December third. I'm booked up to go to the camp or showcase every weekend. So uh, I'm a big believer in them. Um, you know, I like it. It gives an opportunity for you know you to come out, uh, you know, get your ground balls, get your fly balls, uh, and kind of show off the the skills that are you know basically uh, listed out for that five tool area. Um, you know, it gives you an opportunity to get some swings in. It gives you an opportunity to kind of come up, shake our hands, introduce yourselves, um, you know, and kind of give us that baseline view of you uh, without seeing you in game at some of them. Other camps, you know, you do get the opportunity to play some games and stuff. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big believer in getting to those uh, as much as possible or, you know, not really as much as possible, but, you know, selecting out a couple different camps that, you know, have those schools that you're very interested in and getting in front of them, uh, you know, giving you the opportunity to reach out and say, hey, coach, I'll be there, you know, this weekend. would love to meet up and talk a little bit. Let me introduce myself, you know, keep an eye out for me, stuff like that. So it kind of gives a, you know, a ground, you know, floor of uh, a opportunity for a coach to see you to kind of start the conversations of, you know, piquing our interest to seeing you in game more uh, or making it, you know, uh, making it on that recruiting board, especially in front of us. So, like I said, I'm a big fan of the showcase and uh, the camp world, especially for opportunity for guys to kind of, you know, be seen in front. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Don, how about for, for you guys? I know you're there at College of the Desert. Um, what, what kind of value do showcases camps um, hold for you guys? You know, um, I, I do think they hold good value. You know, uh, it's not the only way to re get recruited by any means. But, you know, we know we do go to different events. You know, no matter, you know, all three of the events kind of you, you, you named, we go to them. Um, we scout them. And, you know, like Coach Gardner said, it's awesome to, for a guy to hit us up, say he's going to be somewhere. We can go see them, you know, whether it's, you know, ground balls, at-bats, live ABs, things like that. You know, there's so many advantages of getting out there, you know, playing against your peers, playing with people of equal or better talent. Um, you know, I like it. You know, for, for me, it, it, you can scout more than one guy. You can see guys maybe you want to see that you haven't got a chance to yet for whatever reason. Maybe they're far away. They're traveling out towards you. So, um I think they're awesome. There's not a ton that go on like near us. So, you know, we got to get in the car and drive a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. Cool. Cool. Um, Casey, uh, interesting kind of like spin or like one-off question for you with regards to the, the different types of events. You know, we talked, I, I mentioned you've got institutional camps, right? You've got the um, like, like the, the, head first, the show ball camps, 
and then you've got the the PBR and the um, the PG style showcases. There are different rules with regards to coaches and being able to talk to coaches, interact with coaches, depending upon who's running the event, what type of event it is. Could you shed some light on a little bit about what those con- kind of contact rules are and 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 like the, just what the different um, the different events bring to the table? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, depending on the time of year, depending on, uh, you know, what division of college baseball uh, a particular coach coaches at, there can be a lot of different restrictions. And I'll speak from a California community college standpoint. There can be a college baseball camp in our own city or in our own town, not hosted by us. And if there are kids that are from outside of California, like let's say a team from Nevada comes and they're at this showcase, we cannot go face to face and talk to those players, even though we are working an event and they are participating in that event in California and even in, you know, the place where our college is. California has very different rules than other junior colleges. So that, that will vary. Um, However, we can make first electronic contact and that rule actually just passed this year. So, I might be interested in, you know, you, you, you come to one of our camps and, 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 and I would love to talk to you <clears throat> and I would, I would love to start recruiting you on the spot per California community college rule. I cannot, what I can do is I can get your phone number. I can get your email. I can get your Twitter information and I can contact you electronically. Any one of those ways I could literally shoot you a text message during that camp, but I couldn't go walk up to you face to face. Um, and then, of course, with Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, depending on what time of year it is, a college coach could work a camp and not make face-to-face contact. So, um, I, I would give this advice for anyone, uh, you know, attending these camps: is sending an email to these coaches in advance. And you know, we also know there's a good chance that that, that you never hear anything back, but it's at least giving you a better chance because there's going to be a lot of different circumstances where coaches can't come up and and talk to you face to face. Um, And that seems weird because you're at that camp to recruit players and, and, you know, players you are going to those camps to get recruited per recruiting rules. There are times of the year and there are different divisions of college baseball. And it happens a lot where they cannot go see you face to face. And I'll also say this. I think when you're choosing the camps that you want to go to, you should do two things before choosing any type of camp. One you need some kind of honest college evaluation, meaning you need to hear from somebody on the college coaching side or with a college coaching background where you fit in in college baseball. Is it better for you to go to junior college right out of high school? Is it better for you to try to go to, to Division One, Or are you very, really high academic and you want to go to Division Three? Is there an NAIA school you want to go to? So having an idea of the types of schools that you are capable of playing at and getting an honest college recruiting evaluation is step one. You don't want to waste money and time going to camps where you have no chance of being recruited by that school. And two, the second side of that is come up with a budget every year. As soon as you go to one camp, you're going to get camp invites to dozens of other camps. That's kind of how it works. So um, determine which camps you're going to get the most bang for your buck. What programs that are inviting you are you most interested in? If you are going to do a PBR or perfect game event, that's great. But don't waste your money going to one if you are not 100% in game shape because the last thing you want to do is go there 
and you know that you're a pitcher that sits 86 to 88 and you go there and you haven't been throwing in a month and you get on the mound and you're 80, 82. That goes on your, that goes on your PBR and perfect game profile. If I'm a college coach and I want to see, you know, what you've been doing and I pull up your profile and it says you're 80 to 82, that's what I'm going to go off of. You know, perfect game and PBR have done a great job of establishing them as, uh, or themselves as credible scouting resources. So when I pull up your profile, you want to go to those events 100% ready uh, to perform. Because if you don't, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, and you could actually be hurting yourself. So look at those two things when you're looking at choosing camps. You're going to get invited to dozens and dozens. Different ones can hold different value to different people, and the way that you can determine that for yourself is, one, Get a college recruiting evaluation. Have a good idea of where you fit in, where you could potentially play. And two, create a budget for yourself. How much money are you willing to spend to go to these things, you know, in a six-month period or in a one-year period? No, that's great stuff. And and you mentioned, Casey, the, uh, the, the college evaluation. And that is a service that we provide at SportsForce. Um, I do them. Several of our other advisors do them. And if it's something that you're interested in, it's, it's pretty simple. You can shoot me a DM or you can shoot the, uh, the sports force account a DM and we can send you a link to, um, an advisors, or I can send you a link to my calendar. It's $199 and it's a 45 to 50 minute zoom meeting where we review video, we review metrics. We talk about your game plan. We talk about academics, your, like just everything that, that you're do- currently doing, um, within your recruiting process and try to give some um, some expert uh, feedback, some expert opinion and, and guidance uh, in a short amount of time, but also go over what we feel, um, where you fit in as a potential college baseball prospect. So again, if that's something that you're interested in, shoot myself uh, at Coach Pew17 at DM or you can sp- uh, DM the Sports Force account and we're happy to get you um, hooked up with one of our advisors if that's something you'd like to do. Um, I would add one thing to uh, the um, comments about the different events, and, and that is um, this is a question that I get all the time um, when, I, when I talk with families and talk with players. Is, you know, we went to such and such event, and there were college coaches there, but they weren't on the field or they, you know, they, were, they didn't really seem like they were paying attention, and, and we don't really know if our son was seen or whatever it might be. Well, there's a couple different um, things that to, to look for. Um, the events, most of the events like Perfect Game, um, PBR, um, college coaches um, are not allowed to, at least at the Division One level, are usually not allowed to have any contact with players during that event. They can sit there and watch. They can take notes, um, all that sort of stuff, but they can't have direct contact with the players that are involved in that setting. Um, if they are at a, an event such as show ball head first, where they're actually on the field, um, usually they're either in uniform or they're, they've got like workout gear on good chance that they are actually being paid to be there. And when they are being paid to be there, they're technically working. So they're there to instruct. They're there to evaluate. Sometimes you get a written evaluation from a certain coach. That's part of the, the, uh, the deal with those things um, there, they can interact with you. Um, so there are, depending on what type of event it is, it does dictate what college coaches at different levels can do. So all excellent points and appreciate, um, both of, uh, all three of you chiming in on, on those first couple of points. Um, and 
next thing that I wanted to get into was I wanted to uh, spend some time and chat about what's the purpose of institutional camps? Why do colleges use camps and showcases on their campus? Like, what are they for? Um, and I'm going to kick this to Coach Gardner first and, and, and let him shoot everybody straight. I'll probably chime in on this too. But, but what are the purposes of, of the camps that you hold on your campus, Coach? Feel free. Fire away. Yeah, so we absolutely – I uh, I actually just listed out we have a camp coming up. But our camps, you know, on campus are huge because, you know, a lot of people don't know the uh, what we actually have to offer, you know, student-athletes. Uh, between our facilities, we have a, a brand-new hitting uh, facility. We have a brand-new locker room um, that is absolutely state-of-the-art, you know, is absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, just uh, a lot of what the campus looks like, a lot of updates and stuff like that. So when we host these camps on campus, uh, it gives us the opportunity to kind of show what we have, you know, for uh, for student athletes, what our guys get to live in every day. It gives you an opportunity to kind of see, you know, our entire staff. It gives our entire staff the opportunity to kind of evaluate you to kind of walk around, just kind of see, you know, a lot of our players stop in, kind of check things out as well. So it kind of gives the opportunity for the, for you know, the players and parents to kind of see, you know, our guys kind of, you know, have some questions for them. It also gives us a little bit more of an opportunity for us to kind of talk to kids and stuff like that because they are actually on campus and stuff where it kind of changes, you know, the, and gives the opportunity uh, for us to really, you know, to talk and, you know, have that uh, next level conversation with the guys that we're interested in and stuff. But uh, as far as us, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I know our uh, GSW baseball Twitter accounts in here, uh, everything's kind of listed on there, but it's like, you know, we have, we're extremely lucky to have what we have. And so we cases and we kind of put it on it where we actually have a showcase portion in the morning and then we actually, we play games as well. So what it does, is it kind of shows that that top level, like I said, of the skill set you know, in the camp situation, but then it also shows how you handle the game speed and stuff like that to kind of really showcase yourself to make it up on our recruiting board. So we kind of do both sides of it. So that way we kind of get a, a better image and a better picture of what it is, but it also gives us the opportunity to get, you know, the certain guys on the camp or on the campus that we want. So kind of, you know, be able to, uh, to kind of get that conversation started, like I said. Absolutely. And I, I think that one thing that, that it's sort of the elephant in the room, if you will, that, that we need to, to get out there is that when, when institutions host camps and showcases on their campus, um, whether it's Georgia Southwestern, whoever it might be, yes, there's, there's a, a registration fee that's involved. And I would be remiss and, and I would be lying if I said that from camps, um, there, are, there is some supplementation of salaries for coaches that, that happen, that, that does take place. Um, college baseball, um, and, and like many other sports is, is not a, a sport and not an industry where every single person at every single school is making, you know, six or seven figures. Um, so it is a way for coaches to supplement their salary a little bit. Um, it also acts as some, some fundraising for the program to help fund, um, some gear to help fund spring trips, um, you know, so on and so forth, because college athletics as a whole, there is fundraising involved and programs use camps as a small portion of their fundraising um, goal for the year. So, like I said, I wanted to get the 
that's the elephant in the room. Everybody sits there and says, are they just trying to take our money and put it in their pocket? Some does go in their pocket. Some goes back to the program. Believe it or not, a lot of schools actually have to rent their own facility. They have to pay for the insurance. to. Rent. So it goes to offset the cost of running the camp as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's dual purpose. You, they make a little bit of money. The program makes a little bit of money. But it's a great way, like Coach Gardner said, to get young men and families who are interested in that particular institution, in that particular program, get them on campus. Let them see it firsthand. See the facilities. Get around the coaches. It's, it's a great opportunity for, for the families um, to, to really kind of experience it for a day or two. So um, wanted to, uh, to hit on that. For those that have just joined us um, in the last, you know, 15 minutes or so since we started, you're on with Casey Dill, Brian Pugh, Don Bray, Corey Gardner. Um, Casey, Don, and myself, we are all um, college recruiting advisors with Sports Force Baseball, and you are listening to the Sports Force Baseball Twitter space where we're focusing on camps and showcases this evening, um, going over just different points about camps and showcases and things that we feel like um, everybody needs to hear and everybody needs to know and really kind of answering some questions that we've gotten over a long, long time of, of working with families. Um, so I want to get into to the next part. Casey already hit on this a little bit um, as far as what should you consider as a family? What should you consider as a player when you're evaluating different events? No doubt there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of camp invites that go out every single year. Um, you might be getting inundated with them in your email right now. I guess my first question, and, um, and Don, I'm going to let you take this and start off with this. How do you know if an invite that you get is a personal invite versus an invite that, I don't know, maybe 10,000 other families and young men got the same invite. Like, how do you know the difference? Yeah, definitely. That's a, that, that's a great question. You know, I think that's 99% of questions, you know, when people get camp invites, what they're trying to figure out, you know, um, some of them are pretty easy to, you know, you can pretty much tell it's a copy and pasted message. It's very generic. You know, it has, you know, hey, so-and-so, this is our camp date. This is what's going on. We'd love to have you there. They'll put in there somewhere, a chance to get seen by college coaches, you know, and maybe like a picture of the campus, a picture of the field, things like that. Sometimes they even forget that they CC'd, you know, people in there. Um, you know, a lot of times personal invites aren't coming, you know, just through email. A lot of times, you know, they'll hear about it from a coach or, you know, uh, a coach will mention it to, the kids travel team or, you know, their advisor, like we do at sports force, you know, um, a lot of those are more of like a personal thing, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's one-on-one -on -one with the coach, maybe a coach is recruiting you and invites you there, you know, and the camp you show up to might be, you know, a big camp with a lot of kids, but you know, the coaches already know who you are, you know, and, and, and that is a big factor. Like Casey said before, and, and coach Gardner said, you know, camps are used to recruit no matter what. Yeah coaches get paid but we're also actively recruiting i don't know anybody that just runs a camp to just sit there to get paid like hey if, if there's a kid who is legit or a kid we want to come to the campus and it works out where they can come to a camp man that's just awesome you know Absolutely. so i think i think as far as like a personal invite that's what we're talking about more as a personal thing can they come through emails yes they can and i think it is a little easier to detect and maybe it's because i am a college coach and i've i've been through it but you know, you'll definitely notice, like, they'll, they'll have your full name, your stats, or what team you played for, mention a coach you played for that they know, like, there's definitely personal information, and it looks like they took the time to actually write a personal message to you about the camp. That's the easiest way to tell for me, you know. 
Casey, anything you want to add in there? Yeah, no, I think he, I think he got it, you know, pretty good. I mean, the, I I would say there's value in any kind of camp invite and, and, and you determine what the value is to you. I think going into a camp where you already have some kind of dialogue with the coach and with that program automatically gives you an upper hand, you know, like if I, if I've seen you play, if I've been coming to your games, if we've already been talking and I say, Hey, I, you know, I'd love for you to come to our camp. <clears throat> That's a little bit different than a mass email that might go out to 10,000 people. Like, like you said earlier, and there's nothing wrong with getting a mass invite. It just, it, it's got to fall within that budget that I mentioned earlier is does this camp make sense? If I'm just another guy getting invited to the camp, there is a lot of value in participating in camps and just seeing how they operate and getting comfortable in a camp atmosphere. There's value in that in itself. Like you could go to a camp and, you know, have no chance at being recruited or, or that school may have no interest in you at that time, but experiencing what a college camp is like, what the format is like has value in itself. Um, so I would, I, I would say it's always a little bit better, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, if it is a more personal invite and um, there already is some dialogue and you've already been talking with the coach, but there can also be value in that mass invite as well. It's just got to make sense, you know, given that budget that, that I talked about earlier. And, uh, and, and, you know, does that school, is there a chance that you are capable of playing at that school? And those are all, you know, questions that everybody kind of has to ask themselves. Great stuff. And um, I, somebody did DM me a, a follow-up to that question that, or, or to those answers that, that I'll get to in just a second. Um, but, you know, one of the, the things that I wanted to, to add in there was whether you believe it or not, when whatever time or date the registration closes for the camp that you're enrolling for or that you've registered for, one of the first things that college coaches do is they take the roster and it could be, you know, the recruiting coordinator, it could be the director of operations. Somebody within that staff is taking that roster and they are going through every single name on that roster and they're Googling every single player. And before the camp actually happens, the staff sits down and says, okay, do, is there anybody that is going to be at camp this week this weekend, this week, what today that we really need to lock in on that we really like that we're really interested in. And if there's, it, it doesn't matter if there's 25 coming to the camp. It doesn't matter if there's 250, they go through and they know who the players at least coming in that they know about, or that they're really interested are they stood and they watch everybody, but they, there are those conversations that happen um, prior to a camp taking place. The one-off question from that is, what about the camps that say it's invite only? I, somebody got an invitation to a camp that says this is an invite-only camp. What does that mean, Coach Gardner? It, the camp says it's invite-only, and I got an invitation to it. What does that mean? Yeah, so when we, uh, you know, when a lot of the camps that you get invite only is, you know, you've already made it onto a board, uh, you know, they're wanting to see something specific out of you. They're trying to get you in front of them uh, as much as possible. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, some of the bigger showcase companies will sit there and, you know, and send out that invite only. Uh, what that is, is, you know, you may have participated in an event, 
and you know they've kind of moved you on to the next level at the same time i know a lot of those is hey you got that you know that general email and you know that was your your you know invite that you're receiving so uh you kind of kind of still nitpick the email or the the kind of invite that you got and stuff just because there's so much that you know i mean just because you got that that email doesn't mean it's narrowing it down to a, a specific group unfortunately Bingo, and I, it, it's important that our listeners understand that in at, at the college in college baseball, when when programs run a camp, um, the only parameters that they can set for the camp is number one, it has to be open to the general public. Now they can sit there and say that this camp is is for it might be position specific. It could be for pitchers and catchers. It could be for hitters. Um, they could say it's for uh, uncommitted seniors and and junior college players. It could be for um, 24s, 25s, and 26s. They can set the parameters that way. They can also limit the registration by the number of participants. So they might only take 100, the first 100 that register. But they cannot, they cannot extend, or I shouldn't say extend, they're not allowed to limit registration solely based on ability. That That is not allowed. It has to be open registration for everybody. So even if it says invite, like Coach Gardner said, nitpick through that invite and figure out whether or not they just put invite only in there or if this is an exclusive type of event. The invite onlys are probably going to come more from the PBRs, the PGs, and some of the bigger um, – showcase companies that are out there. I hope everybody can hear me. It sound, it, uh, I got a message saying that my Wi-Fi was trying to reconnect. I don't know what's wrong. But um, anyway, uh, I hope you did. But moving on, um, very good points there. Um, let's talk about you go to an event um, on an institution's campus. You see this as a growing trend that there are more and more schools that are inviting other schools to come to their camp, work it, and be able to recruit from it. Um, what's the purpose behind that? How important is that when you are evaluating whether or not it's the right camp, right event for you to go to? Um, just what are thoughts there as far as knowing who, what other schools are going to be there if there are any? Um, Coach Dill, I'll let you take this one first. Yeah, sure. That's a, a, a good question. And, and uh, I would say this, in, in, in the bigger camps, there are plenty of players to go around. And it's good to have colleges from different divisions uh, attending the camp. There might be a player that everybody likes, you know, um, but everyone's going, man, if this guy did two years of JUCO, he could really potentially be a division one player. Like we think he's a division one uh, caliber player, but he's not there yet. Like we, we all agree that he should probably go to JUCO for a couple of years. So it's nice to have a junior college coach there. Or we might say, Hey, like, you know, academically, it's best that this guy go the NAIA route. And so we have an NAIA coach there. So it's very rare that that you go to these events. And, of course, the best players there, all of the schools are going to want those best players. However, there's there's a lot of different circumstances that go into what, you know, what division of college baseball that, that player might fit. Grades, you know, uh, finances, uh, geographic location. You know, so being able to work with several different schools um, from different divisions or even the same division, it, it, I got to believe in my experience uh, in going to these that 
uh, coaches are professional enough for the most part to be able to work together to figure out what is best for that student athlete. You know, very rarely have I gone to one of these things and, and coaches, you know, fight over, over players, you know, like, um, it's usually like, okay, like we, we all agree that he could play at these different divisions. Now let's do some digging. What's his academic background? What, what's his, uh, family background? What kind of financial situation is he coming from? And a lot of the times, you know, what, what, what division of college baseball a player fits in at has very little to do with his playing ability. Every level of college baseball is good baseball and the best players at every division are usually very similar. You know, so now it comes down to all these different things that determine, you know, what division of college baseball is best for that player. So in my experience in those uh, types of events where there's several different college coaches, it's, hey, let's try to get as many of the kids attending this camp. Let's, let's do what we can to find them the right fit in college baseball. You know, we're not selfish in that we need to try to recruit everybody to our situation. It's like, you know, there's there's different reasons why people end up at different divisions. Now, let's communicate as a as as college coaches and let's determine, you know, which players are capable of playing where and what's the best fit um, for, for that player. So I would say if you're going to a camp and there's several different colleges in attendance, that that is more often than not would, would, would be a positive thing in attending that camp. Don, Corey, anything you guys would like to add there? I mean, I, I agree completely with Casey. You know, it's, you know, not being selfish. It's about getting as many kids opportunities as possible. Um, it's about trying to get as many kids to the camp as possible by inviting other coaches. You know, uh, like Casey said, when you go to a, an event, we talk, you know, we we help each other out sometimes, you know, the things like that. There's a lot of involvement with it, a lot that's involved with it, but he hit it on the head for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the uh, the biggest thing is, is you know, you kind of touched on it really well, Casey, is making sure that there's kind of schools from every level. Uh, you know, some guys, you know, look at the NAIA level or are looking for that two-year, you know, JUCO level. Uh, some coaches, you know, want to look for more of the uh, the junior college kids. So it's like, you know, we kind of recommend kids. It's like that are, hey, this would be the perfect guy for you to get for two years and turn him into, you know, something special. And then you send him back to us and all that. So it's the perfect opportunity, you know, for for kids to, you know, get the biggest bang for their buck also when they get to on-campus, you know, uh, camps is, you know, looking to see that, hey, they're not just, you know, putting them in front of us, but they're also getting us in front of other coaches as well. So, you know, it just kind of helps add the value also to those camps. Yeah, great point. And it kind of goes back to what Casey was saying about, you know, understanding the budget that you're working with um, and what's going to give you the most bang for your buck. And I think ultimately everybody wants to get in front of as many college coaches as possible. So ma make sure that that's a part of your, your decision-making process for sure. And, um, you know, that just – the more coaches that are there, the more it sweetens the pot for you and, and probably your family and, and the more that you can maybe justify a bigger – registration fee like let's just say it's you know 300 bucks for a, a two-day workout but there's going to be 75 college coaches there um like you just have to weigh those those factors in there so awesome awesome stuff um got another question that came in and question was uh, this is actually a good one um how do i decline an invitation to a camp 
if I'm already enrolled at another camp that same time? That's an awesome question <laughs> because that can be a dilemma. Like nobody wants to disappoint anybody else and you want to feel, and you feel like you have to be everywhere that they want you to be. What's the right way to decline an invitation? Um, let's go back to Corey on this one. I, I'd, I'd like to hear your take on this. Yeah. So, you know, the biggest thing is, is just being, you know, open communication and being very respectful. Uh, you know, we always understand that, you know, there's everybody's trying to, you know, get people in front of them. Everybody's trying to get to camps, uh, all coaches and, you know, schools or, you know, events or trying to get kids there as well. And sometimes you miss out on getting a kid invited, you know, before they sign up for something else. So the best thing is, is, you know, just being very uh, respectful, sitting there saying, you know, I appreciate the invite. Uh, this is where I'll be, you know, if the opportunity that you have somebody that, you know, doesn't need to be at your camp or at a said camp can make it over. I'd love, you know, for, you know, them to get an opportunity to see me there or, you know, say, Hey, look, you know, maybe, you know, or ask what kind of events they're going to be at, you know, in the future, if it's, you know, budget fitting. Uh, but the best thing is just being very, you know, very open, very respectful and, you know, um, just kind of opening the, the door of communication to see if some other date or some other opportunity aligns uh, for both or both parties. Great answer. Uh, Casey or Don, do, any, do either of you have any thoughts on that? Like just what's the best way to, you know, decline uh, an invitation because you're already, you know, going to another event at another school or another, another uh, event. Yeah, it, it, it is a good question. And I, I agree with what, with uh, what coach Gardner said as, you know, as baseball coaches, we're, we're all adults. Uh, you know, baseball is a game of failure, uh, not only within the game of baseball, but in recruiting. You know, we, 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 we recruit lot, a lot of guys every year, and a lot of those guys end up not coming. So um, the fact that you're not able to attend a camp isn't the end of the world. If we have genuine interest in you, even though you might be attending, or attending another camp the same weekend we're hold, uh, hosting something, if you're straightforward, if you're honest, uh, if you, if you, if there's open communication, then that's okay. It's, it, we're, we're not gonna, you know, I would say most of the time coaches aren't going to completely hold that against you as long as you're straightforward and honest. And if you do have genuine interest, <laughs> let the coach know after the camp, how the camp went and ask him if they have anything else coming up. Of course, there are going to be, uh, circumstances where, you know, hey, maybe you're attending my rival school's camp the same week, and I'm hosting a <laughs> camp, and and uh, you know that you know it's 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 baseball, and and it is very competitive. <laughs> Coaches are also fighting for their jobs and their next jobs and all that kind of stuff too. So, at the end of the day, if if uh, if you end up not being able to go to the camp and the coach holds that against you, that's that's possible, but I would say that it's not the the norm. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can always you can always be vague too. you're you're not misleading anybody. You can you don't have to say that you're going to another school's event. You can just say that you have a commitment that weekend and you're not going to be able to make it. You can just leave it at that because that could be anything that could be a family wedding. That could be, you know, a vacation that could be it could be anything. Um, so just to be able to say. I can't make that because of a prior commitment. Um, and, but like everybody else said, ask when they're going to be holding another event and communicate your interest that you, and, and make it, make them 
understand that you do want to get in front of them and just to let you know when the next opportunity is going to be. But you can also be vague about it as well. Um, that's a great question. That, that's a really, really good question because I know that's, that's a hard thing for, um, for folks to do and, and especially for, for high school uh, young men to want to do. Um, real quick before I, uh, before I keep going on some, some questions that have come in, um, Casey, Don, anybody, uh, do you guys have any questions that have come across uh, for you or Corey as well? Do you guys have any questions that have been DM to you at this point that, that you'd like to share? Yeah, I do have one here, and I think it's a good question. Um, uh, hello, I'm a 2025 player, and I went to a D3 showcase, and the coach said good things about my swing, but he said to everyone that he isn't recruiting 2025s or 24s. So how do I go from here? I made small talk with the coach and have their numbers, and they have made good compliments to me, so where do I go from here? That's an awesome question. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer real quick, and anyone else that wants to chime in, please do. And I would say the fact that, you know, you're a 2025, there's going to be opportunities to go to more camps and more events, maybe attending some games at that particular college. You do have a couple years. Uh, a lot of divisions of college baseball, especially junior college, Division three. Um, you know, we, we, we only recruit one year at a time. You know, where I'm at right now, you know, at the junior college level, we're not recruiting anything other than, than uh, 2023 high school grads. You could be a 2025, and we have all the interest in you in the world, but we're focused on 2023s right now. It's one, it's one uh, you know, it's one year at a time. So you will have other opportunities to attend, you know, other camps or games or other things that that school has. I would say if you're genuinely interested, keep showing up to those events and stay in contact with those coaches about what you're doing, you know, with your baseball career, how your games are going, how your seasons are going. I don't know that anybody else needs to chime in on that. You hit that one pretty much on the head, Casey. That, that might've been a home run. Um, that's, that was a great answer. Um, all right. Uh, just to recap here for everybody that, uh, that has joined, uh, cause we're at about 45, the 45 minute mark right now. Um, you're on with Sports Force Baseball's uh, Twitter space covering camps and showcases, uh, just sharing some insight from uh, three of our Sports Force uh, college recruiting, college baseball recruiting advisors. My name is Brian Pugh. Uh, I am one of those. Casey Dill, Don Bray are on with us as well from Sports Force Baseball. And we also have Coach Corey Gardner from Georgia Southwestern, um, the two school that's sharing some insight um, as well. Um, so we are we're kind of at the point where, you know, we're, we're getting more into questions than anything else, which those those seem to be the best one. The best Twitter spaces that we have is when there's there's interaction. If you have questions that, that you'd like to ask about camps and showcases um, or just recruiting in general, um, feel free to send the Sports Force uh, Twitter uh, handle a DM. You can DM myself through my personal account, which is at Coach Pew. That's P-U-G-H the number 17 um, you can DM any of the other panelists and uh, we'll make sure that we get your questions answered. You can also raise your hand and ask permission to speak and we'll put you on the air. So um, moving forward with another question. And this is a great question too, because I know that there's mixed um, reactions to this from college coaches. Should I email the coaching staff prior to their own camp that I'm going to attend? And if so, what should I say? I'm going to take this one first and then we'll go, we'll go around the horn here. Um, sure. Absolutely. Feel free to, to email the coaching staff. 
And if you want to include some vitals with regards to metrics, height, weight, position, grades, all that sort of stuff, absolutely throw it in there. If you want to throw a little bit of video in there, that's great. Here's my thing. If you've registered for the camp, as I was talking about a few minutes ago, all the coaching staff or whoever runs the, the roster for the camp, everybody, all those coaches see who's going to be there. And as I mentioned earlier, before the camp starts, as registrations even come in, college coaches are doing their research on who is signing up for the camp. Um, so there's a good chance that they already know a little bit about everybody that's going to be there. But it's still perfectly fine to email the coach, the coaching staff that's going to be there. And if you know that there's going to be other schools there as well, and um, you can find out either which coach it is or if you just want to email that staff as well, feel free. Go ahead. It doesn't hurt to at least put your name out there, introduce yourself, and they'll be able to put your name on the roster with the email that they got uh, from you. Um, guys, anything else that you want to add there? I would say this real quick. Don't be disappointed if, if a coach doesn't get back to you. I, I, I agree with what Coach Pugh said. It does not hurt to send the email with the information. Also understand if it's a camp where we have 100 guys coming, we might get 100 emails, or we might even just get 50 emails, and it can be very difficult uh, or impossible even to respond to all the emails, but it certainly doesn't hurt to send that information. Worst case scenario for you is I don't respond. Best case is I see it. I like what I see, and now I know who you are before you get there. Yep, and usually if you send an email, um, like like Casey said, if a coach doesn't respond, doesn't mean they didn't get it, but they might come up to you when the camp starts and say, hey, man, got your email. Really appreciate you reaching out ahead of time. Just had a lot to do to get ready for camp this week. We had practice and all that sort of stuff, but definitely want to make sure that you knew that I got your email. Um they get, they get read, no doubt about it. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not, you know, they, they do respond to them because they know you're coming anyway. So, um, all right, cool. Um, like I said, any other questions that you have, please feel free to DM. Sports Force DM myself, Casey, Don, Coach Gardner. Um, you can raise your hand and request permission to speak or access to speak. Um, wanted to go back to <clears> – excuse me. Wanted to go back to um, the idea of uh, the selection criteria when you're, you're looking at camps. And one of the things that, that we like to talk to our clients about and another thing that we talk about in the evaluations that, that I mentioned earlier um, is are you going to camps at schools that you are really interested in or you feel like you have a legitimate chance to play there or are you just going to any camp that you get an invitation to, or even that you Google, it might be your dream school. Um, like what's best, what's the best approach um, when, when looking at that side of things, as far as, you know, is it a school that I'm really interested in? Like, should I go? Should I not? Um, Coach Bray, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, definitely. It's a good question. Um, you know, honestly, it's, for me, I think you should use camps to get the most exposure you possibly can. You know, um, obviously, 
like we talked about a little bit, I think the best camps to go to are the personal invites because, you know, I'm a big believer in go where you're wanted. So if someone is personally inviting me somewhere, uh, usually it means, you know, hey, this school wants me or this place wants me. Well um, said. But, you know, that being said, it doesn't hurt just going to camps in general, too. I think, you know, obviously go to camps to places where you're interested in going. Um, you know, and again, like I, I always say, do your research. You know, if you're really interested in the program, a certain program, a certain school, and you want to go to it, do a research, find out if they're having a camp, see if it fits your budget, like Casey talked about, see if it fits your schedule, and see if it makes sense too. You know, would I pass up one camp that has just one coach to it to go to a camp that has 10 coaches to it? Personally, yes. Some people wouldn't, and that's okay. There's no wrong answer here. Um, it's just more about what you want. You know, everybody has a dream school. Everybody has programs that they really, really want to go to, and, and those are awesome, you know. And for me and, you know, talking to our guys about placing guys and recruiting guys, the biggest thing I tell them and we always tell them is you need to go where you're wanted. That's the place where you're going to play. That's the place that's going to invest the most time into you. And right now that's the place that is investing their time into you. That's great stuff. Great stuff. Um, getting a lot of feedback on, on Twitter right now, um, all positive. So thank you very much for everybody for tuning in tonight. And thanks for the positive feedback uh, that you're giving us. Glad you're enjoying uh, the topic tonight. And for those of you that are back, I'll call you a repeat offender for the uh, for our Twitter spaces. Really appreciate you coming back. Um, got a question that this is going to – I'm going to kick this over. Um, and Don and Casey, you guys can – um, can piggyback this because from what I understand, you guys might be both be in the office and, and working some Chinese food. At least that's what Casey told me earlier tonight. Um, but this is a great one. I mean, uh, my son is an international student, but is currently enrolled at a JUCO. Um, are college camps good to go good for international students who are at JUCOs to go to since we didn't have the exposure to PG, PBR, et cetera, at the high school age. Um, if so, when would you attend those at the JUCO? Yeah, that is a good question. It's always uh, a little bit different for international players because, you know, for the most part, uh, especially if you're going, you know, if you start off in JUCO, you were able to get yourself to that JUCO, which is great, which is, which is already difficult, but you are, you know, at a little bit of disadvantage versus players that have been playing <clears throat> in the States their whole lives. And I would say this, um, depending on what that JUCO does for their players at college of the desert, we, we work for our players. Like we had two Japanese players last year that, that, uh, you know, could barely speak English and without our help, they don't move on to a four year. They have no idea what the process is in getting to a four year. So, and I know not every junior college has coaches that put the effort in to help their players move on, which is, crazy to me because to me that's what junior college baseball is is you're there to develop and move on to the next best place and coaches should be putting effort to helping all their players move on and I know mm -hmm. that doesn't always happen so um I mean hopefully you know wh wherever you're at that, that you have coaches that are helping you if not I mean certainly playing in summer leagues helps you know uh summer yeah. leagues hire college coaches that are there to do recruiting. A big part of why coaches do summer baseball is it does supplement income, but it also is big for recruiting. So if you're a junior college player and 
and you need help getting exposure, play summer baseball. Find a league that has a bunch of college coaches working in it where you can go and, and you can play in front of those college coaches and and uh, and that's how you get your exposure. You know, S- send out your own emails. I always tell people, and this is what we make our guys do at College of the Desert. You need to build your own college target list. You need to get all the coaches' emails. I will help you construct an email, but you're sending out the emails. The players are sending out the emails. You know, and I will help them navigate that process of responding to emails and all that kind of stuff. But the players are the ones that are sending out the emails. You know, I I will always answer every call from every college coach that has interest in any of our players. However, I am making the players put in an equal amount of effort into their own college recruiting than I put into their college recruiting. And if you don't have a coach that is requiring you to do that, then do it on your own. Make yourself a college target list. Make it 25 to 50 schools. Make it more than that. There is no there is no maximum. And put in your own effort to your own college recruiting. Um, and I'll end it with this. There are over 1,700 college baseball programs, roughly, give or take, in the United States. How many of them can most of us in this Twitter space name? I work in college baseball. Off the top of my head, maybe I can name 100. Maybe more, maybe less. So do your research and find the schools that you are interested based on what's most important to you. Academics, baseball program, finances, geographic locations. And you need to put more effort into your own college recruiting than anyone else does. Um, I would say that for junior college players, four-year camps can certainly help. But I would say in my experience, summer leagues and, and just reaching out to colleges on your own behalf, uh, could be more effective. Coach Gardner, what's your take on recruiting international players that are currently at a JUCO and, and them potentially coming to your camp? Like, do you, are your camps open to junior college players? I guess is one of the, one of the first questions that I should ask. Yeah, our camps are, uh, are open. Uh, you know, the, the hardest thing is, is you kind of, you know, need to reach out and talk to some schools and, you know, the coaches and find out, uh, you know, there's definitely some schools that are a little bit more difficult with uh, the financial packages and the way, you know, certain things work of how they recruit internationals. Uh, I've been at some schools that, you know, it almost was uh, impossible for us to recruit internationally. Uh, other kids or other places, you know, we try to get as many internationals as possible. Uh, so reaching out, kind of building that conversation early, uh, if, you know, the school is kind of, you know, interested in internationals, uh, is something that's huge. Like I said, the communication just needs to be there. Uh, but as far as us, you know, yeah, we, uh, we're open to, you know, we want to see as much talent. We love the, uh, junior college kids more than anything. <laughs> Don't we all, um, what I would add to that, um, and, and this is an awesome question, uh, not to spend, uh, I feel like we're spending a ton of time on this, but this is a really good question. Um, number one, when you're looking at potential camps, make sure that those camps or that camp that you're interested in is open to current junior college players on whatever kind of um, brochure, pamphlet, you know, whatever, it should say specifically who the camp is open to. Um, if you're unsure, um, then just reach out to the coaching staff and explain your situation. Say, I see you have a camp coming up. 
are is this camp open to junior college players? You can do it after your freshman year. Sure, no problem. Um, I know that there is a growing trend right now um, that is, is piggybacking off of the transfer portal as well, where people are holding uncommitted transfer portal and junior college um, showcases, um, you know, like in the early part of June um, of that year. Um, so that four-year schools that are still looking to fill roster spots with transfer portal players that might still have junior college, looking for junior college players, they are, they are traveling to those, those workouts. Um, so just make sure you do your research um, and make sure that the events that you're interested in they are open to junior college players. The second thing that I will say is, is kind of off of uh, what Casey was saying with regards to players putting in the same amount of work. And whether from a junior college standpoint, whether it's here within the States or whether it's international, I'm telling you one of the most powerful things that you can do is use your phone. Take some video, get video on your phone and use Twitter coaches recruit from Twitter. They offer scholarships based on what they see on Twitter. Um, so Twitter is, is your friend. Social media is your friend in this recruiting uh, world, regardless if you're a JC, international, domestic, high school player. Use Twitter uh, to your advantage um, because it does open a lot of eyes and it can facilitate a lot of communication. So Excellent question. Thank you very much uh, for for asking that. Um, that's one that I actually have not gotten um, on any of these spaces. So thanks for that. Um, we're going to take a couple more questions. If we don't get to yours live here on the air um, and you DM'd it to us, we will certainly get to you and just answer you via DM. Um, so uh, let's see, where are we at? And I'm going to take this one here. I'm a 23 left-handed pitcher and looking to attend uh, mid-major showcases. I haven't been to a bigger showcase uh, like PG or PBR. Um, what are some things I should look for and what would help me get noticed by the coaches that are in attendance? Um, I'll go back to Coach Gardner to lead this off. So 2023 left-handed pitcher looking to attend a mid-major showcase. Uh, but hasn't been to any large, you know, any big showcases, whether it be on campus or, or a larger showcase. Uh, what are some things that he should look for and evaluate in that in those camps? Can you hear me now? Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, the biggest thing is in those is, you know, is being ready to go. Uh, a lot of guys get to those camps and, you know, they've, they just went through a deload period or they've, you know, went through, you know, they haven't picked up a baseball because it's the off season and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, it's it's almost hurts you a little bit when, you know, you're not, you know, not in the shape to, to really be able to throw. Um, you know, I, I just went to a camp a couple weeks ago and I actually saw that and it was like, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, rough to watch a little bit more. Uh, so one thing is definitely making sure you're, you know, ready to throw. Second thing is, is, you know, uh, is being able to, you know, really, really show out. Uh, if you're, if you're, a, you know, a velo guy, if you're a, you know, an off-speed guy, whatever it is, but just kind of make sure that, you know, you kind of get a touch and feel before and you can showcase uh, exactly what you have to offer to them. Um, you know, the coaches love to do their research and kind of see where you played at, who you played for, 
and stuff like that. Uh, you know, try and try and get the information over to them of you know what who you played for and stuff. So that way, you know, if the if you haven't been to any kind of large showcases or anything like that, they have you know the opportunity to reach out to coaches or whatever that's kind of been able to see you a little bit more. So they can kind of start verifying some information and stuff and then uh you know just try and open the gates of communication as much as possible um you know send over you already mentioned it you know your phone is your best friend now it's like you know even if uh even if you're not at these large showcases you can still record um you know yourself off the mound showing off your mechanics showing the break you know showing the uh you know ball pass stuff like that so it's like you know just try and get as much as much as that as you can just so that way if you know if you do pique that interest then you know, the opportunity uh, for you to, you know, get as much over to them in front of them right away as possible is right there. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for that. Um, I actually got a request to speak live on the air. Heather, you've been granted and you are given speaker permission. Um, just hit the unmute button and fire away. Yeah, no, I appreciate you letting me up here. So this may be common knowledge. I don't know. Um, for myself, it's not. So I'm going to go ahead and ask. Uh, so just kind of curious around these these camps and showcases. Uh, do you all provide, like, depending on, you know, one thing I kind of come across with when I'm coaching youth is they don't understand the investment that they have to give in order to reach the goals in which they have. And so when they attend these camps and showcases at a later date, or I guess even early, because some of them do these these younger ones, are, are, um, are you all providing, like, commitment programs to them that help them understand like what the exercise regiment looks like there, what a traditional schedule is so they can create disciplines around time management and then how they kind of set themselves up in order to make sure that they, they'll be successful transitioning from high school into your play or transitioning from whatever they're transitioning from into your organization. So I'm just kind of curious around um, the tools that are provided early on to help them get set up for that success. Yeah, well, I'm going to answer this from the sports force point of view and, and what we do when we're helping families navigate this recruiting process. Um, our, our commitment with a family at whatever point they would sign on with us and, and we would enter into a partnership with that family. Um, our commitment with them goes all the way up until they step foot on campus. So even if they if they're a 2025 and they commit here this fall, we're still going to continue to work with them um, and help prep them for what they need to expect, you know, once they uh, step on campus and, and kind of just walk them through that process. Um, I think what college coaches have gotten very good at once a young man um, or student athlete commits to their institution, um, there, there are certain thresholds in which they can start providing them with things like workout programs, um, like um, academic advising with the team advisor and, and, and setting up schedules and all those sorts of things. There's thresholds and points in time in which they can do that. Um, and, and they have to stick to those rules. Um, but I'm actually, I'll kick this over to, to coach Gardner again as well, because I'd like to get his input on this too. Um, as far as, you know, what they're providing their, um, participants in camp with, we'll call it like a glimpse or, or, a day in the life of, because I think that that's kind of where you're going with this question. If I, if I, if I'm reading you the right way. Yes, correct. I, I tend to see more often kids are oblivious to understanding what the real expectations are in order to get to those, the, that level and making sure they commit to that 
before they get there. So then they're not stressed out when they get yeah. there. They haven't created those disciplines beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Gardner, would you like to, to chime in on this, please? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, you know, you kind of touched on it. But so, uh, you know, when we get, we get guys onto campus for our camps, uh, we'll sit there and go through and we'll kind of give a, a little bit of a conversation uh, piece kind of the end of the day out of what it looks like, you know, to be a part of our program, to what it looks like of going through the, the scheduling, the practice plans, the taking class loads, uh, what it takes, you know, of study hall hours, all the kind of things that it takes because it's a huge transition. Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned of trying to prepare early. And honestly, like, you know, there's a lot of kids that try and prepare early and it's still a little bit more than what they ever expect. Uh, college is, you know, a huge transition in life where you go from having mom and dad checking over you to, you know, you make the decision every morning if you want to, you know, wake up and make your bed, if you want to wake up and go to class, if you want to have breakfast, whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, we try to we try to break it down. Uh, we go to, I, like I said, I go to a lot of camps, I go to a lot of showcases and I try and, you know, explain the same exact thing, uh, you know, if I get to do a, a recruiting talk or whatever it may be as well there. And it's like, you know, uh, I don't think a lot of kids understand the magnitude of how much it takes to be a college athlete. Uh, but 100% we try and do everything we can to put the information in front of them. Uh, as far as us, when we get commitments, stuff like that, we'll put you in throwing programs. We'll get you, you know, in weight room or uh, weight programs. We'll have all that information over to you. Uh, to make sure that you're kind of getting ready. So that way, when you do step foot on campus, it's not a complete shock or your body's not going through a huge transition. Uh, you kind of have a lot of the things that you need uh, to be set up for success when you first arrive here. Uh, if we're going through the process of trans or, you know, changing over and trying to get you right, uh, we're losing time and progressing you to where we need you to be at, in my opinion. Yep. And one other thing that I'll add there, Heather, I, I think that this, this all kind of started with football. Um, and, and hoops uh, a while back, but you're seeing it more and more with baseball, is there are college baseball programs that are up front. Well, first of all, everybody's up front, and they say, look, this is what you can expect, and that's part of the recruiting process is you're, you're making sure that they understand what is expected of each individual player and what's expected uh, from a team standpoint. But you're seeing more and more schools at the four-year level, um, Division One mostly because they, they have the budgets to be able to do it in some cases, but they're actually bringing their freshmen in, their incoming class in, and they're requiring that they take a couple courses over the summer just to kind of help ease that transition period. So it might only be two courses over the summer, but they're living on campus. They're starting to get into that routine. They can be in the weight room with strength coaches. So like we said, you're, you're sort of, you're weaning them into what the actual full-blown experience is, is going to be like. And that's also the purpose of uh, the official visits when young men um, and, or, or women uh, for, for women's sports, when they get to come on campus and they get to spend 48 hours and, you know, they, they stay with the, one of the athletes on the team and they basically, they shadow them for, for 48 hours. So they get up and they go to class with them, breakfast, meals, meetings, practice, whatever it might be, like whatever they do during the course of the day. So they, they do have an opportunity to, to experience in, in a very small dose what it's actually like. And sometimes those official visits happen before the student athlete makes their commitment. And then sometimes they happen after it all just kind of depends on how the institution likes to, uh, to handle those situations. So great question. And, uh, and thanks for listening tonight. And, and thanks for raising your hand to speak.
Um, so with that, um, we are, are about an hour and 15 minutes in. Um, from what I can see, some questions are slowing down. There's still a couple um, that I'm going to respond to via DM um, just because that's the uh, probably the best way for me to respond to, to some of these. Um, but again, we certainly appreciate uh, everybody taking the time out of their evening tonight to listen to our Twitter space here on Camps and Showcases. This space is being recorded. Um, so if there's somebody that you feel would benefit from, from listening to some or all of our discussion this evening, feel free. Um, retweet the space um, once it, it posts that uh, it's available. Retweet, DM it to friends, family, um, and, uh, and please share the love. Um, we, we certainly appreciate that. Wanted to mention one more time, one of the best things that, that you can do, especially early on in this process, is to have an unbiased third-party opinion um, and evaluation of where you stand as a player or where your son stands as a player and also where you are in your recruiting process uh, and making sure that you're on the right track. That is a service that we provide uh, through our complete college recruiting evaluation. Um, it's $199. It's a 45 to 50-minute Zoom meeting where we go over everything from the, the player's uh, skill set and, and metrics um, and also talk about what your goals are, um, what a target list looks like, where you are in your recruiting process, things that you can do to beef up your efforts. Um, again, that's $199, and there's a ton of free uh, freebies that come after you're done with recruiting guides and um, action plans and so on and so forth. If that's something that you're interested in, feel free to DM the Sports Force account or you can DM myself. That's at Coach Pew, P-U-G-H-17. Um, and we'll be happy to set you up with myself or one of our other advisors um, based on their availability. So um, with that, I wanted to go on the panel and see if uh, give everybody a chance to uh, to chime in for a closing remark. And uh, before we say good evening. So, um, Coach Bray, anything that you would like to um, to weigh in on before we uh, before we say good night? No, I think I'm all good. You know, just like always, thanks for having me on and. Like I say, guys, do your research. No matter what, always do your research. <laughs> the staple Coach Bray. Uh, Coach Gardner, anything you'd like to add? No, thanks again for uh, having me on. I absolutely love uh, coming in and getting to share some information, being on with you guys. You guys do an awesome job. You know, the biggest thing I say is, is you know, do your research. You know, start putting together a target list. Be realistic. And uh, do whatever you can to be, you know, get in seat in front of those uh, uh, coaches as much as possible. Um, you know, and try and uh, try and reach out, open the gates of communication, and you know, uh, make sure that when you get in front of them, you go out and absolutely ball out, have your best day as much as possible. And uh, you know, if you don't, then uh, show that you have the hustle and the enthusiasm. You don't beat yourself up. You have the, you know, the mental strength and stuff like that. Everybody doesn't have their best stuff, but at the same time. You know, carry yourself like you do. Carry yourself like a professional and, you know, uh, be set up for success. No doubt. I thought I was going to make it the entire space without any helos coming over top of me, but I guess that's not the case. Coach Dill, anything you want to wrap up with? I had a few questions come in, but there's one I want to answer, um, and I'll try to make it quick. And please, everyone, feel free to chime in. I think this is a very good question. Um, 
So this guy has a recent offer from his number two school, and he has a deadline of one month, but his number one school has a camp two days before the deadline. Should I commit or should I wait to see if my number one school decides to reach out to me before the deadline? And I'll go real quick um, because I know we're wrapping it up and you guys all feel free to chime in as well. The advice I always give players is if you're going to make a commitment, make sure there's no regrets. Make sure when you make that commitment that no matter what happens after you make that commitment, there are no regrets. There is no perfect answer for that question. Um, But as long as you can get to the point, you know, mentally where when you make a decision, no matter what happens after the decision you make, there are no regrets. You commit to your number two and two days later, your number one offers you, right? Well, you don't regret it. You don't regret committing to your number two. If you can get to that place, then then you know you've made the right decision. If you're going to regret it and you're going to go, oh, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have committed. This is terrible. I don't know what I've done. Then, then that's where you have to reevaluate. So uh, it's, it, it's a great question where there is no perfect answer. But I would say as long as you can get to the place where you're committing to a program, that no matter what happens after that, you are uh, there are no regrets. Then you know you've made the right decision. If anyone else wants to chime in, please feel free. But I thought that was a was a very good question. Yeah, that's a very good question. It, it's a slippery slope. You can roll the dice. You can take it right up to the deadline if you want. But I think if you're going to go to the number ones camp, you're you're going to need to know quickly whether or not there's going to be an offer from them and and you just need to know quickly and and you need to let them know that, you know, you're really close to making a decision and you're going to be ready to make a decision after the camp. If they're really interested, I think that that's very fair to say, quite honestly. Um, JT, you got in under JT 18, you got in under the wire. The floor is yours. Fire away. (laughs) Hey guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Corey Gardner. I miss you, brother. Uh, Corey, Corey is one of the best in the business. And, uh, Longtime friend, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm only going to be brief here. Um, I just caught a little bit of the tail end. And, Casey, that's great advice right there. Um, so for all, for, all the, for all the parents and everybody that is listening in, um, if you have a number one, um, goodness gracious, if you're put on a deadline, this, that, and the other, I, I probably think that you should really consider why the, the program is putting a deadline on. Um, my best advice also, uh, al- along with everybody that Casey always says and uh, what you guys put out is, is always perfect um, for the most part. I would do my research as a parent and make sure that you guys research if it's a transfer portal school that is heavy on portal guys, especially now uh, post COVID um, guys that are, that are Juco heavy and you know, how, how are you going to be as a development school and always make sure, always make sure first and foremost that, that you are going in along the lines of education first, because there's not many pro guys out there. And I, and I would love to, I would love to hear you guys Corey and Casey uh, Don and and you guys I would love to hear you guys opinions on um, 
on my thoughts with regards to that. Don, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I uh, brought you back. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, you know, like he said, he said my biggest point, I always say, do your research, you know, um, I think, you know, it, you know, deadlines are tough, you know, it, it, it's hard, you know, obviously with schools putting a deadline on a guy, obviously they don't want to lose him to another school, but they're trying to be cordial for everybody. But, you know, it, it is the biggest thing is do your research on the program. You know, you, you got to see, you know, like he said, the transfer portal is huge. Now you got to see what type of Juco guys they bring in. You got to see, like I've said before, you know, what type of players they bring in. You know, if you're a if you're a certain position wise, look at what their other positions are like. You know, if they've got a bunch of six four, two hundred fifteen pound bangers at your position, and you're a speed guy that bunts a lot, that program might not be a fit. You know, it's for me, it's all about the right fit. But I, yeah, I 100% agree. You know, do your research, understand that the transfer portal is huge. You know, and, and the other thing I will say is that you know, if you have a top, you know, your, your number two school offering you a scholarship or a spot, you know, for me, it's hard. That's one of your top five schools, like it's hard for me not to say to take it because like I've said before, you know, Hey, they're on the table. Now your number one school might, might not be on the table. So it's, it's who wants you now versus who might want you in the future. You know, it's, it, there's no wrong answer, but you know, it's hard to say no to that school that wants you right now. Yep. It's hard. It's hard. All right. Uh, Jamie, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I just shot you a DM from, uh, uh, to, to connect with me. Um, you know, would love to have you on again and, and hopefully get you to join a panel. So appreciate you, uh, to chime in here. Hey, listen, I, I appreciate it guys. And, and as far as me jumping in late, I think Corey Gardner can speak for myself and, uh, and for what you guys are doing, uh, Don, Casey, Corey, you guys are doing the greatest service for these kids because for the parents that are on here listening to this service right now, please, please, please heed these gentlemen's advice because they're telling you the right thing. This is number one about education. It's number one about finding the right fit. Do not worry about what's on the front of the t-shirt because of so many kids are finding the front of the t-shirt, calling me, Corey Gardner, Don, Casey, yourself. They're calling us in November when they're when they're getting kicked back. And and please, please do your research. Um it, it's great. Appreciate it, man. Really do. Really do. Um, well, folks, with that, we're gonna wrap up for the evening. Um, really appreciate uh, all of our panelists here um coming on and um we will be back on here next week topic to be tbd but we'll put out the reminder for everybody and hope that you'll join us again uh again this is brian Pugh operating from the sports force account i want to say thank you again to everybody have a great rest of the night have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to everybody soon take care Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast and our partner, Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at SportsForceBB. 
and Facebook under Sports Force Baseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.